This is Let's Talk Business with your hosts, Mark Ebinger and Heather Bain. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, a show that talks entrepreneurship with some of the best businesses in the San Antonio area. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk about how businesses can leverage masterclasses and networking events to promote their business in a more authoritative way. In studio with us today is Marcos Miller, a local entrepreneur whose passion is helping others achieve their financial goals through real estate. Marcos, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for having me. Short notice guest, right? Pulled it out. Appreciate it, man. Oh, yeah. It's like yeah. You know, I had to showing up, man. Otherwise, we would have been the three of us would have been staring at each other, making up things to say. Oh, please, that would have been a really long conversation. Also in the studio with us today is Heather Bame, a certified business coach that works with business owners gain clarity and achieve their goals. Heather, welcome back to the second show of the day. Always glad to be here. Nice to meet you, by the way. Nice to meet you too. Mm-hmm. And we have, I'm sorry, no side conversations while the host yeah. is speaking. Okay. <laughs> That's why I kept my mouth shut. <laughs> And we have Howie Nestel, the owner of Sharkmatic Advertising, where he and his team have helped over 1,500 clients grow their marketing influence. Howie, great to see you again. Thank you, Mark. Great to see you. I love it. See, when Howie does more than one show, Mm -hmm. he brings a change of clothes. I know. I was thinking that. I'm like, on my second show, same shirt. People are judging me for sure. It's the same shirt as in the picture. I don't have a very varied wardrobe. I hate shopping for clothes. Mm. And I just had a kid. So, like, I went from being like this Mm. to being this. Right. I just don't like buying clothes. So, so you're yeah. going to see me in the same thing. Any of the high-end stores at either Nordstrom Mall or La Cantera, save your receipt and just go exchange it. Oh, see, Howie, oh, I'm still shoving up <laughs> What did I say Max, that on the radio? Okay? Well, I know, like, yeah. Heather Wren, <laughs> she'll do custom clothing, and they'll take it at four sizes. They'll go, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, so but it'll like, still look the same. You have to turn it inside out and get reversible clothing. <laughs> Wow. That's really That's getting your money's goal. worth right oh, yeah. there. I've thought about going straight Steve Jobs with it and just getting a pilot, like like a little pocket wardrobe, I think uh, they call it, where mm-hmm. you just kind of wear the same thing yeah. all the time. Yeah, black, black t-shirt, black t-shirt. Yeah. black t-shirt and a hoodie. Yeah, well, so exactly. I was a cop for, what, 30 years, right, as a uniform. So I was in the military for five of that and in 24 at San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And it's like I didn't have to think about what I was going to wear. I'd just throw it on and go. So, so that's like you like that's why you like asking questions. You used to be a cop. Yeah, he, not he only that, to, you did interrogations. Yeah. Interrogate. I believe it. Mm. I believe it. Front page of the Express News in two thousand and two, I think two thousand one mm-hmm. or two thousand two. Kind of cool. I got that shot. I'm doing a, a uh, speaking engagement tomorrow, and I have that on my slide. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's my moment of fame. Let me have it, Howie. You can have it. <laughs> I was in high school in two thousand two. I was in tenth yeah. grade. So. You're really aging yourself. Yeah, this, well, I was... this shirt is from 2002. <laughs> is it really? No, it's not. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> All right, so let me talk a little bit about the podcast here. So the, the Let's Talk Business Podcast is the number one business podcast in San Antonio area. I've done my research on this. You number know, one and in growing. It's mm-hmm. just, it, it, there's nothing even close to it. Even when you Google and you really? start looking around, mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, they, they stopped putting their podcast shows up in 2001 you know, or 2020, 2021. And it's like... I want to get it at the top of that search engine with Google on mm. that. But uh, Spotify, I come up number two when you search for San Antonio Business Podcast, which is kind of cool. Yeah, thanks. Mm. We do uh, – so we've had over 3 million views on our social media. Uh, we exceed 100,000 views per month on YouTube. Um, well, all combined media and our YouTube subscriber base is growing at about 100 a day. So we're doing really well there. Looking to always expand and get into networks and getting the show out in front of as many people as possible. So if you're a business owner, you're putting on any kind of mixer, any kind of event, and you'd like to have the Let's Talk Business podcast come out there and say hi to it, then just reach out to my team, and we'd love to uh, stop by. 
Um, so a quick reminder uh, for our listeners, you can catch video and podcast version of the show anytime by visiting our website with our, we actually got a new co-host too, Genevieve. So over there on the far left, you know, Howie, I know you're talking about the banner that I did, but I actually, there's a version <laughs> of the banner. I think it's on YouTube and you're actually higher in the image than I am. Really? Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. No, yeah, it's like so. the Texas and the U.S. state flag. Mark can, no right, one can that's be right. higher. And yeah, so when we say the pledge and we look at Mark, <laughs> stop it! I, I stopped requiring the pledge a couple of weeks yeah. ago, so you don't have to say. I would love to see some analytics about how much faster the podcast is growing since Heather became a co-host than since I. Oh came wow, on, a competition! You know, oh yeah, let's just see. Let's faster. just take a look. You know, mm. throw down gro- the are gauntlet. We gro- are we growing faster than whose we were? dynamic personality has yeah. really? The other cool thing is that I think I've been. At least once on each podcast in each of the locations, you were you yeah. started at KTSA. KTSA Radio. You were on that one, right? Cool. Then, then I was at the one at the podcast studio downtown, mm-hmm. and then now we're here at uh, Peachtree. Yeah, Rose. same with you, Heather. Yeah, right? same. Well, my fun fact about the show is that my dad really has no idea what I do. I've, I've tried to explain it, and he's like, "Uh huh." But when I told him <laughs> how many subscribers. <laughs> We had, he was like, wow, I'm really proud of you. And I was like, Aww. there we go. All right. Yeah. Now I know how now to get you this approval. Now I've made it. Analytics, baby. Analytics. That's what people like. They like stats. Mm-hmm. Some stats. They like hard well, numbers. I'm curious what the stats are going to look like, you know, in two years from now, how big the show is going to be. Because we know that t- San Antonio is growing like crazy. Right. Um, and then, we, I mean, we reach a lot of businesses in our area, greater San Antonio area. So. So and our first mixers coming up mm-hmm. uh, end of January that we're going to be doing, um, looking for at least a hundred people there. I don't think that's going to be difficult. Um, have so you guys picked a location yet? Uh, no, not yet. We're we have a couple that. of them lo- competing to oh, host us yes. for the first podcast. So. Yeah, we're going to let Howie do the negotiations on that for sure. Yep, no they're going to give us the place and they're going to give us their firstborn kid and all the food <laughs> and all the drinks. <laughs> and we're and and we're going to charge. We think $10, and the money's all going to go to charity. Love it. Because we often talk about doing well mm-hmm. in business, mm-hmm. but when we do well, we also want to do good. Mm-hmm. Important. Well, and that's, I think, the great thing about business. You know, you can take your one self and, and donate as much time and effort as you can into a charity, but if you're able to build a business that grows beyond you, how much more money and time could you donate to charity mm. if you know, you're making $50,000, there's a limit to how much you can donate and how much time you have. But if you're making $500,000, how much more could you donate? It could be three or four people's worth of time and effort just based on the income. I mean. Most definitely. Well, and using your skills too. That's a big thing that I remember. It kind of like opened up, broadened my thinking when I heard Howie say that at an event somewhere. It's like, you know, it's not always about the money, but if you can bring your skills, your talent to the table, mm-hmm. and now you're empowering that cause at a higher level, mm-hmm. uh, that they can get three, four, 10x uh, versus what you would have done if you had just put your own hands into the mix. Mm-hmm. Last year, I chaired a gala for the Ferrari Kid, mm-hmm. a nonprofit for kids battling cancer. Right, right. I volunteered in the past. Mm-hmm. So what's the value of how we volunteering and setting up an auction table or even selling a couple tables for the check I can or I'm willing to write versus chairing it, inviting a thousand of my closest friends, 670 showing up and the event netting $300,000, much higher and best use of my Mm -hmm. time and talents versus me going and volunteering. Yeah. 
I love that. It's mm-hmm. really eye-opening for me. One of the questions, real quick, is one of those, like, the businesses that are interested in potentially sponsoring or representing themselves at your event, do you choose a company that aligns with your vision or you just pick anyone that has the highest bid? Um, both. Okay. So I chaired Cattle Barons Gala years ago for the American Cancer Society. Mm-hmm. And the previous sponsor had been Methodist Healthcare, so I gave him first right of a refusal. But yeah. since it since it was the 35th anniversary of Gala, and I was chairing it, I raised the price from twenty five thousand dollars as the title sponsor to mm-hmm. thirty five thousand because I thought it sounded nicer. Thirty fifth year, thirty five thousand dollars. Absolutely. Yeah. I said, but marketing always marketing. If for whatever reason, <laughs> you guys don't want to do it or can't do it, let yeah. me know because, you know, I, I've, I'm already talking to the folks at the children, at, at Chosa and at uh, university. And then, I don't know, within a couple of days, they came back with a check for 35K. Oh, and they That's were the title sponsor. this is why he's negotiating for a world. Yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. yeah. I love it. But sometimes it's about the money because it's going to a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. You know, and if somebody can only give 5000 and somebody else is willing to give twenty to be the title sponsor, you got to give it to the person who Rock on. All right, last plug for the show here is if you're a business owner in the San Antonio area and like to have your company featured on the show, visit our website at satalkradio.com or call our office at 210-879-8804. That's 210-879-8804. We can get you booked on the show. We do have, because we run so many guests through every week now, we get cancellations sometimes. So we get a short notice that will you know, try and get some previous guests on the show or somebody cool or whatever. Um, but when we can't find previous guests or somebody cool, we call Marcos. Who's vying to be a co-host by asking me questions. I'm like, I don't answer your questions. You answer. No, I'm just kidding. No. No, no, I like great. that too, but you just kind of stepped right into that. No, he's, I mean, he's always been a wealth of knowledge. Every time I interact mm-hmm. with him, I always ask him questions. Yeah. And um, so when you write a book... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be one of the first Well, I was there. telling Heather about my parenting book that I have not written, and okay. my 15-year-old daughter is horrified. She's okay. like, who would read a book about parenting that you wrote? You're like the worst oh. parent in the world. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I go, well, Nikki, I go, Nikki, I'm, do- I'm actually dedicating the book to you because you inspired me by something you said to me. <laughs> okay. And she goes, what's that? And I said, the title of my book is going to be called Dad, I Hate You. But can you take my friends and I to Fright Fest? <laughs> Which was a direct quote. Oh, and don't follow us around because you'll look like a stalker. But, you know, 15-year-old daughter. I want to do, like, if I can't do the forward, since you'll probably get donations and all that kind of stuff for that. But if I could have a quote in there somewhere, I want a space that I can... I can uh, we'll sell it my to you. My three-year-old's looking... Have you heard of Kill Tony? No. So Joe Rogan and a few other comedians, they oh, have this open mic, yeah, open mic impromptu comedy thing in austin you should Kill go Tony. <gasps> oh right. yeah but it books out fast how you probably have to like leverage it. your connections really? to get in there but they draw from a hat to who can do the stand-up comedy and it's whoever you know you buy a ticket to the show you go and they draw from a hat and whoever gets drawn goes up on stage and some people have popped off oh, from it yeah I would do that i it's, was on a podcast very... here with edward hernandez who's a comedian mm-hmm. who's toured you know all over the u.s and he had me on his podcast and it was supposed to be a one-hour segment. We talked for two and a half hours. Mm. They broke it up into a couple of segments, and they do it in somebody's garage in Alamo Heights. It's pretty cool, but it's not—it's not a stand-up hour. But the other two co-hosts are also professional comedians, and it's a blast. Oh, it's I a riot. Now, onto something. 
It would be fun. You you should look yeah. into that. How I bet you could squeeze in without a ticket. Just but based Marcos, on I'll put you out. down for a ten percent off on my absolutely. Book. It, what I would do though, <laughs> or or ten percent to be your agent. There you go. Yeah. Ooh, see, see he's always idea, looking for opportunities. It. Yeah. To connect. Um, it, if I were to ever do a book, it would really be about philanthropy and about giving back, and really? how you don't have to be a millionaire, billionaire to be a philanthropist. Mm -hmm. You know. Here's the poor, world's poorest philanthropist, and I've been on 100 nonprofit boards, and I've chaired countless number of events, and I met phenomenal people, mm -hmm. high-quality people through my nonprofit work that I would have never met through owning Sharkmatic. Yeah, Amazing. and so how you're a machine, right? You yeah. just keep mm -hmm. going and going and going, mm -hmm. and and then you, you're very um, – the personality colors in that yellow as far as giving and nurturing yeah. towards nonprofits and the community. So you're – it's a pleasure having you as a co-host on the show. So, but enough about Howie. Yeah, let's talk about Mark. Right. Let's, 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 let's talk business. Hold on, we can keep it right here. Let's keep it right talk, here. Oh, we got We're the show title the show. in there. I love it. <laughs> We're on the Let's Talk Howie show. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag hanging with Howie. Hanging let's with Howie. Oh, hashtag Howieisms. I thought that Howie. Oh, Howieisms. Yeah. I got a whole that, playlist. That could be the name that of the book too. Speaking of which, do you have a Howieism for this week? I mean, is there something like you know throughout the week that was like. This this is what mm. fixes that, or this. Well, think about it. Yes, no, no, no. I have one. All right. It was from the meeting that we went to, and it was freaking pouring down rain. And I walk in, and I'm soaking wet. And I thought, you know, you can control the weather. I'm sorry, no, howism. <laughs> rewind, rewind. <laughs> okay, no, you so can't control over. the weather. Yeah, no. Here it is. And I, I and I said this, and when I walked in, I said, you can't control the weather, but you can choose whether or not you want to carry an umbrella. Mm. So. I chose not to carry one, and I got soaking wet. So there are a lot of things in life that we cannot control, but we can choose either tools that might help us cope with it or weather it better. But sometimes we choose not to, and then we're wondering why we got soaking wet. It's because we chose not to carry an umbrella. Metaphor for business, metaphor for life. You can't choose whether or not, you know, pandemic's going to happen, uh, Y2K or another 2008, yeah. but... If you have savings ahead of time, you have the emergency funds, you have a great network of people, you have some strategic partners and alliances in terms of vendors and clients, then you're much more likely to be able to weather that storm. It's the people that were kind of caught off guard mm. that went out of business during the pandemic. You know, networking is a... It's a big part of San Antonio, right? Yeah. If you want to do well in San Antonio, you've got to network really somehow, right? It's very relational here. Yeah, you you need to know someone. To know. Do or know someone know someone. Yep. And so, of course, yeah. I was a cop for many, many years, mm -hmm. right? Not real social, not real networking, didn't really care. You know a lot of people, you know but I mean? a lot of the wrong people. Yeah, right. <laughs> you got to know them pretty well. Yeah, and if I show up, you didn't want to see me, right? right? Yeah. It's not a good thing when I'm walking up on you and you've had a couple of too many to drink. And booking DWI is one of my favorite things to do. I don't know if it's right to say that, but it was. Anyway, uh, networking wasn't something that I cared about, right? And uh, But now, I mean, since I've been an entrepreneur for a little bit of time now, um, networking is super powerful and it's super fun too. Mm -hmm. I love meeting other entrepreneurs and finding that common ground, laughing, learning, um, just growing, right? So when it comes to how are you, because it's got to be a part of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, I know you're into master classes. We want to get into that a little right. bit because I'm super interested in learning more about that myself. Mm -hmm. So this isn't just a podcast for my listeners. It's a podcast for me, too, mm -hmm. about learning. Mm -hmm. um, so how do you network? What's your what's your deal there? Oh, wow. That's a load, That's a bit of a loaded question. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think, pick your lane. I think so the reason why you became a cop is probably because you wanted to be a public servant, right? You wanted uh -uh. to... No? 
I wanted to wear the badge and gun. Like, when I was seven years old. <laughs> wow. No, when I was no check. I it was out. going somewhere with this. Right? When I was seven years old, I drew this picture, right? And my mom actually kept that picture, right? And mm-hmm. it was like, when I grow up, I want to be a cop, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So I knew from a kid, we had somebody come and visit the school. Okay. And I was like, mm-hmm. uh, the handcuffs and the uh, belt, and the, not really the gun so much. I was just kind of kidding, but but the handcuffs and the belt and the car and all of the things, you know. And then of course the black and white CHP there in mm-hmm. California. It's like. You know, level I, of cool. I love that. Yeah, yeah, it is a level of cool. Of cool. Mm. And there's like, you know, I was picked on when I was in when I was a kid. Okay, that you know, sense. you, yeah. you kind of just go through that. You want to be the power player or whatever. Um, but of course, it doesn't really execute necessarily like that yeah. when you're there. But uh, yeah, it was more about the image of cop, not more about, not really about serving the people. That's something that you kind of learn as you go through it. Mm. At least in, for me. So let's pretend he said yes. Yes. That's what he said. for sure. Yeah, that was a $20 answer to a $5 question. <laughs> no, it's good. I mean, I, I think my, my natural love for, for other human beings is probably where it comes from, right? And then failing myself and not having enough wisdom to ask those around me. So what I do is I just flood people with, it's corny, flood them with love, flood them with resources, and it just produces value. And then it translates into dollars and profit. And so they make money. And then I make money and everybody's happy. Now, it goes a lot deeper than that because where I come from, whenever I'm <clears throat> when I'm putting together these classes, we don't just talk about finances. We talk about everything that builds up to what it make what it means to be a, a total human being. Right. So spiritual, mental, emotional, financial and physical. So we talk about fitness. We talk about politics, we talk about religion. We talk about business. Right. We talk about different aspects of what it means to be a total human being, because you can make all the money, but if you're not fulfilled in what you're doing, it doesn't really mean anything, right? Yeah, you go away empty. Right, exactly, exactly. So um, just a natural love for people is kind of where it comes from, yeah, for, for me. So, so tell us a little bit about your background and it kind of what your – yeah, bring us up to speed in, you know, 90 seconds. Nobody wants to hear that. Yeah, no, that. I, oh, seriously, do, because yeah. this is your first time on the show. Okay. You know what I mean? It's like I, I like to get a little bit of background yeah. on for our listeners and such. Okay. Um, my guess is you'll probably be on the show later, you know, down the road and stuff. Hopefully, yeah. Let's, but let's get into, tell us, you know, 90 seconds about your background and what you do and why you do it. Okay. And I th- well, I think, like, hearing the point of reference, like, it, it takes hearing one story about how somebody else did it to, okay. to start you down that rabbit hole. Yeah. It can change your entire life, right? So they want to know, like, where did you start out? Because some people start out, my dad <laughs> gave me $50,000, yeah. and then I, and that's not where a lot of people start out. Yeah. They start out very much not in that space. Mm-hmm. So knowing where you came from is huge. So they can be like, yeah, this is someone that is in a similar circumstance to me, and here's where they are now. Oh, cool. What do you think? You got some feedback on that and what he's saying? I want the 90 seconds 90 of seconds. Marcos's story. Yeah. Where'd you come from? How'd you get started doing what you do? And what is it that you actually do for people? Mm-hmm. Okay. So originally born in New Orleans, parents divorced, moved to San Antonio in 1989, so 1990. And then I've been here ever since. Uh, Did you come with both parents or with one? No, my parents separated and then moved here to San Antonio. So with my mom and my four siblings. So okay. I have three older brothers and one other sister. So it was five of us. And so you yeah, grew up in the inner city of the West Side in the height of the gangs. Mm. Right? Yeah. So you have to navigate that. So I you can blame Mark for that. He was a cop back then. But, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but they did a good job of cracking down. SAP okay. did a really good job. Um and then I joined the Boys and Girls Club. My mom just said she knows she needed somewhere to put the kids, right? So the government cheese and all that mm-hmm. fun stuff. Right. So um was a part of the Boys and Girls Club through my youth. I think that really helped me. There were some mentors there along mentors, the way that really yeah. kind of helped mm-hmm. you navigate that. Um, 
got a job working at Blockbuster, right? <laughs> Rock then, on. Yeah, then I got hired at Washington Mutual, then I got hired at USAA, got into mortgages, kind of backed my way into it. Got, got the bug for real estate, started flipping houses. I flipped a few, helped some other people do it. And then I said, well, there's an angle to this for helping raise money. I know mortgages. I know finance a little bit. So that's kind of kind of just... Do you have a full-time job or are you just really your I own do entrepreneur? This, I, I, yeah, I do this full-time. Yeah. Huh? Full-time entrepreneur, mortgage broker, real estate professional, real estate finance professional. Yeah. So everybody has a first on flipping, right? Mm-hmm. So how did that go for you? Um, it was, man, so it was a deal that I... The first flip was someone had brought it to me six months prior, and I wanted to do the wholesaling thing. They brought it to me, this deal. They had it for 85000 And I ended up not buying it. But fast forward eight months, that same deal came across my pipeline, but the market had kind of shifted, came across my pipeline for 125000 that someone else that I was friends with brought it to me. And so it was still a deal at one twenty five. So we just kind of joint ventured through it. I raised the capital to buy it. I raised the down payment to kind of float the acquisition cost. And then I have a father-in-law that does work, general labor. So I got him in there. Um, have a few other friends that needed jobs. So they did some of the work. And then we did the work. I painted the walls pink because I thought it was gray. The walls. <laughs> Dude, yeah. what is wrong with you, man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Might be it was the first one. <laughs> well, if you look it up, it's like it's called moon gray, right? But it looks it looks gray when you're in Home Depot. But oh, when it was right. on the wall, it was yeah. kind of pinkish. Yeah, that was my first one. Note right? to self, it's still do sold. swatches and then swatches. come back and look at it the next day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you don't watch that, HGTV? Right? I mean, that's where I learn all my flipping stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we put on the market, um, had some partners. So we each made probably 30000 30, on the flip. Right. And so it was it was profitable. So we ended up just kind of doing it again. So, yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of people who quietly do that. You know, they, they go and they're flipping houses and they're not you know, spreading that knowledge anywhere. Yeah. In San Antonio, especially, there's a lot of really quiet investors. Yeah, and it really is. Finding them is difficult. So wh- where did that transition come from, from you doing the flips and making good money mm-hmm. to now you're teaching people how to do this and, and pr- pairing them up and, and spreading that knowledge? Oh, man. So like, I, it, I just kind of backed my way into it. It's like this this new marketing campaign that I've put together, just kind of figuring it out as I go and not having the intention to just kind of evolves as the vision grows. Um, so I had, to, I, I made some fr- cause I wanted to start out wholesaling because that's the, has the lowest buy-in. Mm-hmm. Right? It doesn't take a lot of overhead. You can make phone calls and you get some deals under contract. So I started there. So you make a lot of friends and other people that are in struggling situations. So those relationships be, end up becoming business partners because they're always shopping you deals. And then because I do mortgages, you come, you're always in, around people that are buying houses. They have, sometimes they have disposable cash, right? So I say, hey, I have this deal. What do you think about it? Well, I want to partner with it. And so I just kind of marry the opportunity, right? And I tell that to other entrepreneurs, like Joel, for instance, right? Just sometimes people, they're sitting on a gold mine of just marrying opportunities. And I teach that in the class. Like, hey, you have this here. You have this. You have this. You have this. Let's put it all together. Extract profit. You make money. Everybody makes money. So it takes um, just putting yourself second, most of all, right? Um, Figuring out what the investor, what the need is, what the market needs. But that's kind of what I've done. I just kind of pieced together opportunities, and I've been profitable. 
So I like the model yeah. of profit sharing yeah. versus partnerships. Mm. For me, I've been a partner in 25 businesses, and the only ship that's guaranteed not to sail is a partnership. Mm. For me. Yeah. I think Dave ran However, you change that, that to like the only ship guaranteed to sink is a partnership. <laughs> okay. I, I disagree. Yeah, I, Dave I Ramsey says the say only ship that like doesn't float take two. is a partnership. Mm. Take well, two. that's been a common theme, too. <laughs> Mark too. and I are doing it? our own show here. Oh, yeah. I've been hearing it everywhere. <laughs> you listen to our podcasts. I think that's a first. But go ahead. Alex. No, that's a first. There, there's a one show going on there, and there's a different oh, yeah, show we're, we're going talking. on oh. here. <laughs> All right. So, Mark, for me, the only ship that's guaranteed to sink is a partnership. Mm. Uh, okay. But there's something about profit sharing mm-hmm. that I like a lot more than a partnership. Partnerships, usually two people that are struggling come together, yeah. and then they struggle together. Yeah, <laughs> okay. But if you... Form a partnership with two people who are successful. One has money, one has the asset, mm-hmm. or one has access to whatever. Right. And they come together and they say, hey, look, we'll split the profits 50-50, 70-30, whatever it happens mm-hmm. to be. You're not married, you're not doing paperwork, you're not, you know, you're not, you're not getting attorneys involved other than a simple contract. Right. And then you make the deal. And if the parties are both happy with mm-hmm. the outcome, they're more likely to do deals in the future. Absolutely. But if you start a business together, there's mm-hmm. all that paperwork and all that stuff. Well, and then yeah. from a yeah. flip so perspective. I like the profit par- profit participation. And back to the networking thing, and it's something that I'm finding, Mark, you're doing very well, which is, um, and Heather said, you know, it's who you know and what you know and what connections you have. And I take it one step further and I always say, it's also not only all those things, but it's also who knows you. Mm. And then the final step is who knows what you do. Uh, because yeah. I've had people that know me, they even know the name of my business, yeah. and they still don't know what I do. <laughs> yeah. So you got to make sure that people know what you do. And and you're doing that. When I say Mark Ebinger, like, oh, yeah, guy with a podcast, and he's, yeah, that's the guy. Well, Mark did his presentation at BNI, and people were like, you want a virtual assistant staffing company? Yeah, because I talk so much. <laughs> See, this is where I start those relationships, yeah. Yeah. right? So, but yeah, I led with the podcast. It's probably more psychological than anything mm. else. So, but anyway, that's kind of how we got linked up was a virtual assistant opportunity. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but it's like you're involved in stuff that I'm curious about, mm. and I think it's valuable. Okay. And I mean, you came highly recommended by Joel, and it's like, dude, let's why don't you come on the podcast? Why are you we'll have a curious about it? See, because because yeah. I smell a master class on podcasting coming up from Mark. So Edmonton. yeah, what you're doing on master class because it's a it's networking at a little bit higher level. Okay. Because you're leading with tremendous value in a master class. Mm-hmm. Okay. Am, am I right? Absolutely. Yeah. So in, in this podcast is leading with tremendous value for mm-hmm. folks that come on the guest mm-hmm. on, on the show. I like that. I like starting with giving. Yeah. Because the the no like and trust value is there. It's all heartfelt. It's organic. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and if we vibe, then cool, let's do stuff together. Um, But yeah, that's that's the deal is I want to learn about master classes. Well, and I think what I find interesting, because I think people like at a core level understand giving value. A big part of it's social media. You know, you give tips, you give tricks, but capturing the monetary gain of that Mm -hmm. on the other end without being sleazy gets a little bit more complicated because okay. there is a potential to gain. It's just like you lead with value and you figured out a way to organically see where your income fits there. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I'm 
ripping people off. Right. You're doing this master class and then you do see income coming from it. Right. Because I feel like as an investor, you see the hidden potential mm-hmm. in an asset yeah. and you pull together the right team and right problem solving skills yeah. to unveil the potential. And you're just doing that with people. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> There's something there that's always bugged me about how you start to monetize what you do mm-hmm. without feeling kind of sleazy and bad yeah. about making money. But you have to tell yourself first and foremost, I'm providing a ridiculous amount of value mm-hmm. and I'm only charging a fraction of that. Yep. So when people are like, oh my God, Marcos's masterclass is $100,000 for an hour. Well, I don't know how much it is. I like but, where your head's you know, at though. You're like, hey, but you know what? <laughs> Six of the people that did the masterclass last year each netted uh, over a million dollars. Yeah. Oh, wow. Now all of a sudden, 100K doesn't sound that bad. Mm-hmm. You know, and you'll tell us later on if you want to tell us, but we'll let, give you the opportunity to promote the, <laughs> price, the pricing of your masterclass. But that's how I that's how I get over that. The mm-hmm. other thing that Marcos has an advantage on is that he's making money through mortgages, his own flips, his own connections, and all that stuff. So whether mm-hmm. or not people want to pay or be a part exactly. of the masterclass or whatever is semi insignificant or irrelevant when you take into consideration the big picture. Some people have all their eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. And if you don't pay them, they don't make money and they seem desperate. And then they're trying to charge you and they're trying to do this and they're trying to do all that. And that I think sometimes where people get in a little bit of trouble because they're desperate. They're yeah. calling you all the time. Hey, are you going to yeah. pay? You're going to join or, you know, we're holding a spot for breath. you. So let's get into your masterclass. So um, you do one every week, every week. So how did it start? Okay, so it started. So um, one of the one of the business owners that I personally mentored, um, I was doing a renovation project on her personal home, and she was doing, you know, she wanted all the fancy stuff. So I got my crew in there to renovate her home, her her restroom. She had some flood damage, and we did the whole thing, and she loved it. So in being at her house <clears throat> and talking with her and her husband, they had. They're like, Marcus, what do you do? Like, what do you do? Like, so I said, oh, I do a little bit of this. I do this. Look, look at this is the one I've done. I have this partner. I want to get into that. Okay, well, maybe one day we'll get there. I said, so what do I have to do? So I told her, hey, do this, do this, do this, do this, and come back to me, right? So she did. She checked all the boxes. She came back to, to, came back to me. She said, hey, I have this house. I think it's a deal. So I was like, I looked at it. I was like, yeah, it's a deal. I'll fund it. So she brought me the deal. I funded it and walked her through the entire process with my personal crew. I handheld her through the entire process, right? I was there probably two or three times a week for an hour at a time. A lot of phone calls because she was, you know, obviously it's her first one, the little mm-hmm. antsy. And so when it was all said and done, she made, seven, I think she netted $70,000 on when she sold it, right? Huge. And so she had a friend that was relocating from California she told her friend about it, and her friend told her husband, and then they told two other people, and they told two other people, and then and I didn't know this was going on. So she said, Marcus, um, uh, me and a few of my friends want to get together, and um, we want to see if you can kind of talk to us for a little bit. We have some questions about probably doing this again. I said, okay, right, let's meet here, and so, kind of back my way into it. Let's meet here. And so I show up, and there's seven other people there. I said, what in the world did I get myself into, right? So they were just asking me questions and I was just giving them free value. Like any, like you got to, you got to, if they could have gone on YouTube or whatever, but for whatever reason, they thought enough of me to want to sit down with me. And I talked them through that and I said, well, when are we going to meet again? Um, Next week. 
Okay, yeah, let's meet next week. Meet next week. And there was 10 people there. Okay. And then we meet again. And then we meet again. So, and then someone else buys a deal. And then someone else makes money. I say, okay. Um, so I guess we're, this is an official thing, right? <laughs> I guess it's official. I guess I'll create an organization and create an LLC and create a Facebook page and do all this, that, and the other. But yeah, so we've been doing it for about 20, 25 weeks now. And we've made combined probably 400000 and we've moved $4 million in uh, unit volume. And then we've created four hundred. dollars nah, I'd say about three hundred and eighty-five to 400000 in equity between wow. these different projects. Um, and one lady, oddly enough, she didn't make money, but she didn't lose money, but she raised $100,000. And now she's investing on another project passively that I'm personally coaching her how to do it. Wow. So it's just like this organic thing where people just have a natural interest and I'm just kind of help feeding, you know, fanning the flame and teaching them the right way to do it because I've made a lot of mistakes and people are finding value and coming back. So I'm actually working on another deal in Floresville. It's kind of like piecing it together and everybody's going to make money. So, yeah. Well, that generates a lot of excitement when people are making money on the deal. Right? That's, what, that's what really matters, right? And they're getting, they're fulfilled in the process, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we can be transactional and just talk numbers, but I mean, I'm really, I, I like to believe that I'm creating relationships with these people. Well, friends. especially if yeah. you're talking about other subjects in your master classes, yeah. right? Yeah. Religion, politics, life, yeah. feelings, emotions, empathy. Yeah, I love that. And the conversations kind of yeah. go this way sometimes. So, well, you got to be careful, <laughs> right? Some people talk in. about, well, the, the man, this, and the man. Like, oh, geez, okay, yeah. you got to bring, yeah, right. bring it back. But, I mean, that's just comes with it. Anyway, you're going to um, say Opportunities yeah. are around us all the time. Yeah, all the time. But most people are walking through life with blinders on. Mm -hmm. And what happens is we want to have comfort in what we know. And so we do things the same way we've always done them. Mm -hmm. And so we're blinded to those opportunities that are presenting themselves. Whereas you saw some success in mortgages, in connecting people, in doing your own flip, that when this opportunity came up and people started asking you, you actually saw it mm -hmm. and identified it as an opportunity, even if it wasn't at the first meeting or the second meeting, but then you started seeing it. A lot of entrepreneurs or people that I call wantrepreneurs that, you know, would like to own their own business but just haven't or yeah. just have a hobby mm -hmm. uh, and don't monetize it, don't see the opportunities yeah. because they're they're only doing what they've always done. And if you do what you always do, you get the same results you've always gotten. Yep. Definition of crazy, right? Doing the same thing over and over again right. and expecting different results. And people like comfort. People like certainty. Mm. But... We need, as humans, we need uncertainty. And so I actively tell people, go out and do things that make you uncomfortable. Look for things that are uncertain. And then you'll really be able to test your worth in the marketplace. Yeah. One of the biggest barriers that I have is mindset with these master classes, right? It's just mindset. And so I have to break down barriers. And I challenge them. Like one day we literally sat there and say, hey, these are the deals. These are the ones that are available. You're going to make phone calls right here in front of everybody, mm -hmm. in front of everybody. And some people, some people did it. Some people shied away. But I mean, you that's what I have virtual assistants for. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on the script. We we'll work on sense. the tonality and but all of that, and the objections, and then go. <laughs> I'll train somebody to do that. Thank you very much. No, that's good. That's good, right? And but like the what I've seen with the wholesaling and the marketing businesses, my conversion rate is twenty five percent. So now I have to hit a million phone calls versus hey, I'm intentional about these 
200 phone calls where I have a 40% conversion rate or 45% conversion rate. Mm -hmm. So it's like good and bad. VAs allow you to scale, but I mean, you lose, you dilute the quality of the potential conversion. Yeah. And there are certain people that when I want them to be on the podcast, they might be presidents, CEOs, or executive directors. I put them directly in touch with Mark. So there's a touch from Mark, the founder and main host, and then he can pass it off to his VA. Love that. Love but that. I think coming back to mindset, like if you're going to get on that phone call and think, oh, my gosh, like I'm never going to find a good deal. You know, the government is just making it so hard with these interest rates mm-hmm. that nothing's going to be able to happen with it. I mean, you're basically guaranteeing your own failure mm-hmm. in that case. It's probably not going to happen probably versus not. coming at it like I'm I'm going to find the deal. It exists. And even with the circumstances going on around me, I'm going to find a way to make this work because my goals and my my level of vision exceeds the hindering circumstances mm-hmm. now. That's two very different people coming to the phones. Yeah. Well, we do have to wrap up, guys. I mean, that was a fast, what, 35 Wow, that minutes, was really fast. What, is it, what does it cost to be a part of your, oh, the yeah. Marcos mindset? It's not the Marcos mindset. So, um, it doesn't have a name? <laughs> it's, it, I call it the winning circle. The, the, the group has kind of given me, like, flack about that because they feel like it's corny. Right, winning circle, the winning circle, yeah. yeah. So win circle. Sounds like it could be a Disney song. Yeah, sounds like see, the Kentucky yeah. Derby. So we're still we're still working through that, right? Um, <laughs> the other thing is, I I, I don't want like I don't want to highlight myself. I want to highlight the success of the group, right? right. The, kid, the 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 guys. And and the you're here group. with a bunch of egomaniacs, so we're like, <laughs> yeah, the Marcos Miller mindset. <laughs> so as far as cost goes, if I if someone okay, let me guys ask you guys a question. I know we're going long on time, but um, if someone's on the on the, on the street and they're like, hey, it's a hundred bucks, hundred bucks free. You can have it, hundred bucks. What are you guys gonna think? There's a scam. scam. The, it's it's a scam. It's mm-hmm. fake, right? Take it and run, right? Or it's it's <laughs> it's a fraudulent hundred dollar bill, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have to be care- have to be careful how I present this opportunity, right? Because if I say there's no cost, people like, what's the catch, right? Yeah. Right? Because even people that were coming to the class, like Marcus, what's the angle? It's like there's no angle. I'm literally giving you behind the veil access to what's going on. I'll t- you're seeing contracts, you're seeing everything, you're seeing HUD statements, mm-hmm. and so. There, there, there is no cost. Gotcha. But, but at some point, they got to pull their weight, right? They got to either invest or connect or bring some value or whatever. Well, if they want to the achieve, they do. Maybe. Right? If well, they want to make money, they're going to have to invest. Right. Otherwise, they're just passively learning. Yeah. Got it. And okay. that's, that's a conversation you probably need to have offline. I'll say, hey, Marcus, okay. so you need to draw the line here because your value is X and this and that. But I, I'm. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. Good to know. Yeah, and yeah, I'm I, glad you guys are having such great success. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. More to come for sure. Thank you. All right. As we wrap up, get, the, a, get yeah. a hold of him. Oh, yeah. So, Marcos, thank you for that, Howie. <laughs> if people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Um, I mean, uh, Instagram, uh, MM underscore loan officer. Same thing on X or Twitter, whatever they call it these days. Same thing with Facebook, MM underscore loan officer. Keep, keep it simple. Even MM underscore MM hyphen loan officer.com. Thanks, Marcus. I appreciate it. All right. As we wrap up the show, quick reminder, check out our latest podcast or catch video versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com, where we have all four, would you call them egomaniacs? Uh, No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's going to be it for this week. But thanks, guys, for coming in. Had a great time. Thanks for having me, guys.